Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, April 14th. We are rapidly approaching the time of Passover, which occurs tonight at sundown, April 14th, and goes into April 15th. In studying the Passover and Egyptian redemption, we need to keep in mind four important principles. It is both an historical and prophetic event. The events that happened to our forefathers prophesy to us what will happen to their descendants. It is a deliverance from Egyptian bondage. And this is a picture of our deliverance from spiritual bondage. How is it that we get into bondage? We get into bondage when we sin. Whoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 Passover is a picture of deliverance from bondage. Egypt is a place of bondage. Egypt is a type of the world and the world system. Trusting in Pharaoh represents serving the gods of this world. Yeshua is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeshua is our Passover Lamb. Historically, the blood of the Lamb was to be put onto the doorposts. There is going to be a judgment upon this world in the end of days. If you don't have the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of your heart, you will face the judgment that comes upon this world. The blood of Yeshua redeems us from sin. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible, in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Exodus 12, 41-51 The length of time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years, and at the end of the 430th year, to the very day, all the ranks of Hashem departed from the land of Egypt. That was for Hashem a night of vigil to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That same night is Hashem's one of vigil for all the children of Israel throughout the ages. HaShem said to Moses and Aaron, This is the law of the Pesach offering. No foreigner shall eat of it. 
but any slave a man has bought may eat of it once he has been circumcised. No bound or hired laborer shall eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break a bone of it. The whole community of Israel shall offer it. If a stranger who dwells with you would offer the Pesach to Hashem, all his males must be circumcised. Then he shall be admitted to offer it. He shall then be as a citizen of the country. But no uncircumcised person may eat of it. There shall be one law for the citizen and for the stranger who dwells among you. And all the Israelites did so. As Hashem had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. That very day Hashem freed the Israelites from the land of Egypt, troop by troop. Joshua 9, 3-10, But when the inhabitants of Givon learned how Joshua had treated Jericho and Ai, they for their part resorted to cunning. They set out in disguise. They took worn-out sacks for their donkeys and worn-out waterskins that were cracked and patched. They had worn-out patched sandals on their feet and threadbare clothes on their bodies, and all the bread they took as provision was dry and crumbly. And so they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We come from a distant land. We propose that you make a pact with us. The men of Israel replied to the Hivites, But perhaps you live among us. How then can we make a pact with you? They said to Joshua, We will be your subjects. But Joshua asked them, Who are you, and where do you come from? They replied, Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of Hashem your God. For we heard the report of him, of all that he did in Egypt, and of all that he did to the two Amorite kings on the other side of the Jordan. King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtoreth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country instructed us as follows. Take along provisions for a trip, and go to them and say, We will be your subjects. Come, make a pact with us. This bread of ours which we took from our houses as provision was still hot when we set out to come to you, and see how dry and crumbly it has become. These wineskins were new when we filled them, and see how they have cracked. These clothes and sandals of ours are worn out from the very long journey. The men took their word because of their provisions and did not inquire of Hashem. Joshua established friendship with them. He made a pact with them to spare their lives, and the chieftains of the community gave them their oath. But... When three days had passed after they made this pact with them, they learned that they were neighbors living among them. So the Israelites set out, and on the third day they came to their towns. These towns were Gibon, Chafira, Biroth, and Kiriat-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack them, since the chieftains of the community had sworn to them by Hashem, the God of Israel. The whole community muttered against the chieftains, but all the chieftains answered the whole community, We swore to them by Hashem, the God of Israel, therefore we cannot touch them. This is what we will do to them. We will spare their lives so that they may be no wrath against us because of the oath that we swore to them. 
and the chieftains declared concerning them they shall live. And they became hewers of wood and drawers of water for the whole community, as the chieftains had decreed concerning them. Joshua summoned them and spoke to them thus, Why did you deceive us and tell us you lived very far from us, when in fact you live among us? Therefore be accursed. Never shall your descendants cease to be slaves, hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. But they replied to Joshua, You see, your servants had heard that Hashem your God had promised his servant Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe out all the inhabitants of the country on your behalf. So we were in great fear for our lives on your account. That is why we did this thing, and now we are at your mercy. Do with us what you consider right and proper. And he did so. He saved them from being killed by the Israelites. That day Joshua made them hewers of wood and drawers of water, as they still are, for the community and for the altar of Hashem in the place that he would choose. When King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem learned that Joshua had captured Ai and proscribed it, treating Ai and its king as he had treated Jericho and its king, and that moreover the people of Gibbon had come to terms with Israel and remained among them, he was very frightened, for Gibbon was a large city, like one of the royal cities. In fact, larger than Ai and all its men were warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent this message to King Hoham of Chevron, King Piram of Harmut, King Japhia of Lachish, and King Debir of Eglon. Come up and help me defeat Gibbon, for it has come to terms with Joshua and the Israelites. The five Amorite kings, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Harmut, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, with all their armies, joined forces and marched on Gibbon and encamped against it and attacked it. The people of Gibbon thereupon sent this message to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not fail your servants. Come up quickly and aid us and deliver us, for all the Amorite kings of the hill country have gathered against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his whole fighting force, all the trained warriors. Hashem said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for I will deliver them into your hands. Not one of them shall withstand you. Joshua took them by surprise, marching all night from Gilgal. Hashem threw them into a panic before Israel. Joshua inflicted a crushing defeat on them at Gibbon, pursued them in the direction of the Beth Horon ascent, and harried them all the way to Azekah and Makeda. While they were fleeing before Israel down the descent from Beth Horon, Hashem hurled huge stones on them from the sky all the way to Azekah, and they perished, more perished from the hailstones than were killed by the Israelite weapons. On that occasion, when Hashem routed the Amorites before the Israelites, Joshua addressed Hashem, and he said in the presence of the Israelites, Stand still, O sun, at Gibbon, O moon, in the valley of Aijalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon halted, while a nation wreaked judgment on its foes, as is written in the book of Jasher. Thus the sun halted in mid-heaven and did not press on to set for a whole day.
for Hashem fought for Israel. Neither before nor since has there ever been such a day when Hashem acted on words spoken by a man. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, returned to the camp at Gilgal. Meanwhile, those five kings fled and hid in a cave at Makeda. When it was reported to Joshua that the five kings had been found hiding in a cave at Makeda, Joshua ordered, Roll large stones up against the mouth of the cave and post men over it to keep guard over them. But as for the rest of you, don't stop, but press on the heels of your enemies and harass them from the rear. Don't let them reach their towns, for Hashem your God has delivered them into your hands. When Joshua and the Israelites had finished dealing them a deadly blow, they were wiped out, except for some fugitives who escaped into the fortified towns. The whole army returned in safety to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. No one so much as snarled at the Israelites. And now Joshua ordered, Open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out of the cave to me. This was done. Those five kings, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Yarmut, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, were brought out to him from the cave. And when the kings were brought out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel and ordered the army officers who had accompanied him, Come forward and place your feet on the necks of these kings. They came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be frightened or dismayed. Be firm and resolute, for this is what Hashem is going to do to all the enemies with whom you are at war. After that, Joshua had them put to death and impaled on five stakes, and they remained impaled on the stakes until evening. At sunset, Joshua ordered them taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave in which they had hidden. Large stones were placed over the mouth of the cave, and there they are to this very day. At that time Joshua captured Makeda and put it and its king to the sword, proscribing it and every person in it, and leaving none that escaped. And he treated the king of Makeda as he had treated the king of Jericho. From Makeda Joshua proceeded with all Israel to Libna, and he attacked it. Hashem delivered it and its king into the hands of Israel. They put it and all the people in it to the sword, letting none escape. And he treated its king as he had treated the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua proceeded with all Israel to Lachish. He encamped against it and attacked it. Hashem delivered Lachish into the hands of Israel. They captured it on the second day and put it and all the people in it to the sword, just as they had done to Libna. At that time, King Horam of Gezer marched to the help of Lachish, but Joshua defeated him and his army, letting none of them escape. From Lachish, Joshua proceeded with all Israel to Eglon. They encamped against it and attacked it. They captured it on the same day and put it to the sword, proscribing all the people that were in it, as they had done to Lachish. From Eglon, Joshua marched with all Israel to Hebron and attacked it. They captured it and put it, its king, and all its towns and all the people that were in it to the sword. 
He let none escape, proscribing it and all the people in it, just as he had done in the case of Eglon. Joshua and all Israel with him then turned back to Debir and attacked it. He captured it and its king and all its towns. They put them to the sword and proscribed all the people in it. They let none escape, just as they had done to Hebron, and as they had done to Libna and its king, so they did to Deber and its king. Thus Joshua conquered the whole country, the hill country, the Negev, the Shephelah, and the slopes. With all their kings he let none escape, but proscribed everything that breathed, as Hashem the God of Israel had commanded. Joshua conquered them from Kadesh Barnea to Azza, all the land of Goshen, and up to Gibbon. All those kings and their lands were conquered by Joshua at a single stroke, for Hashem, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Then Joshua, with all Israel, returned to the camp at Gilgal. Luke 16, 19-17-10 There was a certain man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember, in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from over there. Then he said, I pray, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that I may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they hear not Moses... And the prophets, and neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Then said he to the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe to him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck, and he was cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespasses against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, Forgive him. And if he trespasses against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day you turn again to him, saying, I repent, though you shall forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. 
And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to the sycamore tree, Be plucked up by the root and be planted into the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say to him by and by when he has come from the field, Go and sit down to meat? And will not rather you say to him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird yourself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink? Does he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise you, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Psalm 83, 1-18 Keep not silent, O God, hold not your peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, your enemies make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They have taken careful counsel against your people, and consulted against your hidden ones. They have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against you. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and of the Hagarenes, Gabal and Ammon and Amalek, the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also is joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Selah. Do unto them as unto the Midianites, as to Sisera, as to Jabin at the brook of Kidron, which perished at Endor, they became as dung for the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, yes, all their princes as Zeba and as Almuna, who said, Let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. O my God, make them like a wheel, as the stubble before the wind. As the fire burns a wood, and as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so persecute them with your tempest, and make them afraid with your storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Yahweh. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that you, whose name alone is Yahovah, are the Most High over all the earth. Proverbs 13.4 The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Joshua. And we're going to begin with looking at Joshua chapter 9, verse 27. Uh, And to give you a little bit of context, this is talking about how the Gibeonites tricked Joshua into believing that they were not Canaanites, and they put on old raggedy clothes and worn-down sandals and worn-out wineskins and crusty, dry old bread to convince them and persuade them that they had come from a long, long distance far, far away, because they knew that Joshua and his men were going to come in and conquer. And so the Israelites got tricked. They failed to consult with Hashem, to consult with the God of Israel, and to pray and inquire of Him. Because they did not inquire of Him, they got snookered. 
So in uh, verse 27, it says, That day Joshua made them hewers of wood and drawers of water, as they still are, for the community and for the altar of Hashem in the place that he would choose. So the Gibeonites then were uh, given servant positions. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Gibeonites trick Joshua into believing that they are not Canaanites. Therefore, Joshua makes a treaty with them. Even after learning the truth, the children of Israel do not violate their word. However, the Gibeonites are required to serve them in Hashem's altar. The Metzudat David, a classic commentary on the books of the prophets and writings written in the late 17th and early 18th centuries, explains that this means that they are to support the soldiers of Israel during war and to labor in the Mishkan in Shiloh, and later in the Beit HaMikdash, the temple in Jerusalem. Their service in the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, would be important, as it would become the place for both Jews and non-Jews to direct their service of the one God. Now in the next chapter, chapter 10, uh, let's take a look at that. Chapter 10, verse 1, when King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem learned that Joshua had captured Ai and proscribed it, treating Ai and its king as he had treated Jericho and its king, and that, moreover, the people of Gibbon had come to terms with Israel and remained among them. He was very frightened. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This is the first mention of the name Jerusalem in the Bible. King Adonai Zedek, like Melchizedek, king of Shalem, gets his name Zedek, which means righteousness, because he resides in Jerusalem, the city of righteousness. As it says, righteousness lodged in her. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 21. Jerusalem is not only filled with righteousness, it even causes its residents to be righteous and just. Adonai Zedek uses this virtue to stand up for moral justice by attacking the Gibeonites who had violated the Canaanite pact not to surrender to the Israelites. The Rambam in his commentary points out that from time immemorial, the nations of the world have recognized the uniqueness of Jerusalem. Physically, Jerusalem is in a prime location at the center of the country. Spiritually, they knew it is aligned with the heavenly temple where God's Spirit dwells on high and is the site he selected for the Beit Hamikdash, the temple. So now, continuing on in Joshua, we see that these five kings make a pact to come against Joshua. And so the five kings are captured in a cave. And in verse 24 and 25, it is written, or verse, let's start with verse 23. Those five kings, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Yarmut, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon were brought out to Joshua from the cave. Verse 24. And when the kings were brought out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel and ordered the army officers who had accompanied him, come forward and place your feet on the necks of these kings. They came forward and placed their neck feet on their necks. 
And Joshua said to them, Do not be frightened or dismayed. Be firm and resolute. For this is what Hashem is going to do to all the enemies with whom you are at war. Okay, so then after that, in rapid-fire succession, Joshua leads his armies, and and now they've conquered Jericho, they've conquered Ai. Then he goes and he captures Makeda and puts it and its king to the sword and proscribes everyone in the city. And then from Makeda, he does the same to Libna. And then from Libna, he does the same to Lachish. And then from Lachish, he goes to Gezer. And then from Gezer, after he conquers Gezer, he goes to Eglon and camps, attacks it, and conquers it. And then from Eglon, they go to Hebron. He encamps around it and conquers it. And then on to Deber. Thus, verse 40, Joshua conquered the whole country, the hill country, the Negev, the Shephelah, and the slopes with all their kings. He let none escape but proscribed everything that breathed as Hashem, the God of Israel, had commanded. What is an application, a practical takeaway application for us today? You could say that within you is the kingdom of God. Within you is his holy temple, and the altar of that temple is your heart. Within you is the promised land. But you also have enemies within you. There are demonic entities that come in and try to invade and conquer and push back the light with the darkness. Demons of greed, lust, selfishness, pride, jealousy, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, wrath, self-pity, victim spirit, self-hatred, jealousy. All of these things, these entities, try to come in and occupy within you. And so in the same way that Joshua was fierce in conquering these kings and taking out these cities, we must be fierce and ferocious in conquering the demons, the dark places, the demons, the dark places that are in our own heart. And as they surface, as they come to the forefront in different situations, it is an opportunity to conquer. And how do we conquer? We conquer by humbling ourselves and by repenting. It is through heartfelt repentance. Let me just share a repentance prayer with you that is extremely powerful when prayed from the heart. You can fill in the blank. This is sort of a, an outline prayer, and you can be more detailed and specific about what particular enemy from within that you are fighting against. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent, renounce, and reject the spirit of, you fill in the blank, I'll choose unforgiveness for purposes of this example. I repent, renounce, and reject the spirit of unforgiveness. Please forgive me 
for having unforgiveness in my heart. And now this permission slip is canceled. Spirit of unforgiveness, you are evicted. You will leave right now in the name of Yeshua. I now close this door to unforgiveness and I seal it in the blood of Yeshua. Holy Spirit, please come now. Heal my heart and reveal your truth to me. After you pray such a prayer, be quiet, be silent, and listen, and see what the Lord would say to you, what he would show you, what he would whisper to you. Perhaps he will give you a scripture. Perhaps he will give you a picture. Perhaps he will give you a vision. But he will communicate with you. We are to tear down strongholds of lies and deception and replace with truth. And so may we have a spirit like that of Joshua to conquer the darkness and the demonic entities that have taken up within us, that we might be cleansed and purified so that more light can shine forth. Please enjoy this beautiful song, Dust in the Wind, sung by Brad Grumman, based upon Psalm 83. Silent, oh, please don't be still. For behold, your enemies are stirred up, they lift hateful heads. Dust in the wind, they will be like dust in the wind. Say, They conspire with cutting against your cherished ones. Come, they say, let's destroy them as a nation and wipe out their name. Dust in the wind, your enemies are dust in the wind.
storm Pursue them with your tempest and your flames of fire They're confused We pray that they will seek and come to know your name All other gods are dust in the wind. Yahuwah. All other gods are dust in the wind. from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 